for my motherfucking boys Ben on Dynamite, Stephanie Chi is here coming to you with a special podcast episode because this Wednesday night on Dynamite, we are going to see the AEW debut of Nick Gage. Yes, Nick Gage is having a match on AEW television. And to make things even better, he is having a match against Chris Jericho. Yes, for those of us like myself that really wanted to see Nick Gage have a match in AEW, I don't think any of us could have predicted that the way it would happen would be MJF bringing him in as almost a mercenary to take on Chris Jericho during the five labors that Jericho has to complete in order to get his match against MJF. But here we are. I am super, super excited. But I know for some AW viewers, they may not be that familiar with Nick Gage. So I thought a great thing to do would be to have a special podcast episode where I am joined by a sort of Nick Gage expert to let you know everything you need to know about Nick Gage before he has his match on Dynamite with Chris Jericho. So I am joined by Grapples, Benno. Benno, how are you? Doing well. Happy to be here on this Nick Gage week that it seems to be in a professional wrestling right now. Yeah, Heavy praise, uh, calling me the Nick Gage expert, but no, I am a big fan, so happy to talk about him with you today. Yeah, I... um wouldn't let Nick Gage know that you're calling yourself a Nick Gage expert just <laughs> in case he takes some kind of offence. <laughs> Gotta be careful. What we are going to do is just talk a little bit, bit about who Nick Gage is, some of his career highlights, matches, kind of things you need to know about him and anything you might want to check out before Wednesday's Dynamite. So for, I thought I would start with telling you, Benno, the first time I ever became aware of the existence of Nick Gage. And this was back in, oh, I don't know the year, and I wish I did, uh, maybe five, six years ago mm. when I did some wrestling training. <laughs> uh, I did a week-long star power training camp with uh, Dave Rain and Chris Masters was uh, the, the coach put in for us. And there was a guy in the class. Nick Gage. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Gage was not in the class. But there was a guy in the class with a Nick Gage t-shirt. Right. And it was a like free Nick Gage t-shirt. Mm. And me being me and what I'm like, because I love a bad boy, instantly Googling Nick Gage <laughs> uh, and wanting to know more about this person and who he was and why he needed to be freed. So what was your first introduction to Nick Gage? When do you remember him coming on your radar, Benno? I don't know. He kind of feels like he's just an, an ever-present. Like, he was... You know, big. I, I'm a big fan of like the the American Indies, or at least I was at one point in my life. And Nick Gage, I believe he was on literally every you know CZW show for a while from from the very start. Um, so obviously knew the name, but to be honest, for the first few years, Nick Gage was just another deathmatch guy. Um, he was somebody I was aware of that that existed, but you know, it wasn't anybody that seemed particularly notable. And yeah, you mentioned there like being in 
in wrestling training there with, with Chris Masters and Dave Rain and, and, and being there and seeing that t-shirt that's kind of the period really where I, I kind of feel like Nick Gage broke out which feels like the wrong terminology when you think about why why we're talking about why somebody would have a free Nick Gage t-shirt yeah. but I think it becoming like a not a meme but kind of like a I don't know like a cause or or somebody like a folk hero is probably the word that, that you would use I think that's when he became on like most people's radar yeah I think folk hero is a, a really good way to describe um, Nick Gage uh, especially in this period I love that t-shirt so much it reminded me of when I was a teenager and I used mm. to wear a t-shirt that said free po- Pete Doherty <laughs> and Alan Wass but <laughs> um, right now 2021 it's been a heck of a year for Nick Gage mm. uh, he, he's having this match on Dynamite but before that he was the subject of a Dark Side of the Ring episode which of course was narrated by Chris Jericho so there's a little tie in there and I think a lot of people a lot more people now know his story through that episode so why don't you tell us a little bit about who Nick Gage was before the turning point in his life that led us to wearing free Nick Gage t-shirts yeah, so like Nick Gage is someone who I suppose yeah you call like a, a deathmatch legend. Like he's one of those people who he's everywhere. You know whether it's CZW, whether it's IWA Mid South, where the, wherever there was a deathmatch tournament at one point, Nick Gage was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is weird to look back because he doesn't even look like the same human when you go back and you watch those old tapes. But like I say, he had a he had a bit of a, a reputation um, as as being you know one of the top deathmatch guys in the US and yeah like I say I think I feel like feels things kind of change for him when yeah you know you mentioned that that Dark Side of the Ring episode I think for a lot of people is a, is a good introduction you know if anyone hasn't seen it that's a great introduction to, to who Nick Gage is as a person and, and what his story is um, but there's something about Nick Gage I think that makes him stand out from the rest of the crowd he's not he is not just your typical deathmatch guy. There's something, I don't know whether you call it a charisma or you'd call it, I don't know. There's something about his personality that makes Nick Gage a, a far more engaging person than, you know, a lot of, you know, the other token deathmatch guys that, you know, will come in and out of a CZW or an IW Mid- Mid-South or anything. And I don't think a lot of that's to do with maybe the way he works. You know, the way he works is like every other deathmatch guy. You know, he takes a lot of big bumps and he does a lot of crazy stuff and there's lots of stories out there about, you know, him being either lit on fire or, you know, there's a, a story about him, him almost dying mm-hmm. um, at a King of the Death matches where he got airlifted to a, to a hospital. I think that added to the legend of Nick Gage as well. But yeah, I think it's, it's more of a, a personality thing with Nick Gage that, that's got him over to a level much above like a lot of his uh, contemporaries uh, from that field in those years. So... As seen on Dark Side of the Ring, he's doing these death matches. He actually crosses paths with John Moxley, mm. now in AEW. Very interesting to look at that footage and think about how John Moxley ended up in, in WWE when this was kind of what he was doing out, out on the indie scene. Mm. But as she said, he had some very standout moments in this King of the Deathmatch tournament including the fact that he one got lit on fire mm. and stop drop and roll did not work for <laughs> Nick Gage uh, at all 
And then he also did nearly die uh, in a King of Deathmatch tournament. That's meant to be just the name. It's not meant to actually happen. But he he took it that far in a match with what was his opponent called? Thumbtack. Thumbtack Jack. It was Thumbtack yeah. Jack. What a name. And <laughs> so this happens to him, and then obviously he ends up having some difficulties in his personal life, which mm. leads him to lobbing a bank, mm. to be blunt. He yeah. he robbed a bank, and I think one of the best moments in Dark Side of the Ring is John Moxley explaining <laughs> how Nick Gage would come to the ring with a bandana around his face with a mask on, but the one time he decided not to wear a mask was when he went to rob a bank. Mm. So, Nick Gage robs a bank, he Get, goes to prison he was sentenced to eight years in prison I think so I think he did four did he altogether see he I think he did four and then he got out and then a parole violation put him back in there for a further two years so he's finally released from prison once and for all in 2015 and by this time game changer wrestling has made a name for themselves and Nick Gage kind of emerges as this indie hero star that he was meant to be to this community Um, and this is around the time where you're getting a lot of uh, game changer wrestling are are making their name with a lot of events that would happen around like wrestlemania weekend and stuff we got joey janela's spring break things like that happening that are just really fun shows where you see people that are very different to what you would see in WWE. And remember this time in 2015 is, of course, before AEW existed. So are there any notable matches from this time that you can think of, uh, of Nick Gage? Yeah, so I think with you know, Nick Gage during this period, like this is, this is a big change point. Like you say, it's a perfect storm like obviously it's horrible he's you know away in prison for all that time and then like you say he goes back for another two years after the parole violation and yeah you know by the time he gets out it is a different world you know all of the the best parts of ccw really are, are now in gcw game changer wrestling and like you say you know leaving those wrestlemania weekends and doing those meme type shows with orange cassidy and joey Janella and those types of things like that's become gcw's become like the lead indie at that point and Obviously, they had the uh, the Nick Gage Invitational, which they named after him. Mm-hmm. You know, in those early days, they had tournaments of survival, um, which is kind of like their tournament of death. Like I remember, is yeah. I think the, the final that was him and Matt Tremont, which was particularly memorable as as far as a big match goes. But it was weird because yeah, Nick Gage was just like I say in CDW. I don't want to say he was just another deathmatch guy. You know, there was always something special about Nick Gage. But I think once he kind of like hit that folk hero status and he'd been released from prison and he's in GCW and like I say GCW is trying to do two things at once be quite appealing to the hardcore indie crowd with dream matches and you know meme type shows with that Orange Cassidy and a Joey Janelle and the like Nick Gage kind of emerged as their big star like the the, the legitimate deathmatch guy that was just beloved by that crowd and you know you mentioned there about Nick Gage just getting out of prison at that point he makes no bones about the fact that you know the fans sending him letters while he was in prison was a huge part of you know what uh, motivated him to get through that prison term and get back to, to wrestling and yeah it feels like that, that GCW crowd makes up those people you know those people who've got that real solid connection to Nick Gage so yeah I think that was a big big period in his career and something I think we're probably going to hear uh, said a lot 
on Wednesday night is MDK. What is what does MDK mean to Nick Gage fans? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's what he call his gang. So if you'd imagine like the you know Shawn Michaels used to call not the click with Kevin Ashton Scott Hall and all that, but the the click he'd call his fans or Undertaker creature creature yeah, of the night. I was one of those. That's one or Cena with the the chain gang. I suppose that's another gang. Jerichoholics. Jerichoholics. That's another one. Um, yeah, the the murder death kill gang is, uh, is MDK, which is brilliant. <laughs> A bit less family friendly. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little and it's always weird but like you mentioned that um, Dark Side of the Ring you know like a Chris Jericho just mentioned murder death kill gang it just doesn't it doesn't quite sound right does it um, but yeah that's what that is um, and it's basically a term of endearment for his fans and like I say he'll you know both in real life and in gimmick he'll talk about the fact that those fans writing letters to him and giving him support and love when he got out of prison properly you know the second time um, into when GCW was launched that's what kept Nick Gage going and yeah that's what MDK means it's a, it's a very threatening uh, kind of uh, lingo or, or name to have uh, but really like I say it's not a real gang it's just uh, his legions of fans I suppose it's not a real gang kids <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned that uh, Chris Jericho, of course, narrated the Nick Gage episode of Dark Side of the Ring as, as he did all the episodes in the season. So that's his connection to Chris Jericho, let's say. Chris Jericho was the guy telling his life story there in Dark Side of the Ring. What may be his connection to MJF? How would MJF ha- have hooked up with Nick Gage? Because they seem such opposite people. Have they ever crossed paths before? Oh, oh absolutely. Like, MJF, like, make most no mistake, he's a for all uh, the talk of his character and for the way he presents himself like he's someone who you would never imagine who'd be in the same wrestling companies as a, as a Nick Gage but you know MJF's been around like he was a he was an indie guy he worked a, a lot of a lot of the same indie shows as Dick Gage you know MJF has held the CCW title you know beating Ricky Shane Page for it he's he's someone who's been around you know and he's someone who will know a Nick Gage from that period in his career Nick you know Nick Gage is, is is someone who might be unknown to a lot of a lot of wrestling fans, but you know, an MJF at one point in his career was absolutely you know in the trenches with that stuff and was you know all over those same WrestleMania weekend shows and all over those big indie shows uh, with a Nick Gage. So yeah, while they might look like two men from completely different walks of life who without completely different upbringings, like make no mistake, MJF has got that indie pedigree and like I say he was he was a big part of CEW and, and other big indies so yeah they absolutely will have cross paths at different points so we've talked about he he was on Dark Side of the Ring and, and the stuff that's shown in the, that documentary and another big part of Nick Gage's career is of course the match he had with David Arquette mm. and the match he had with David Arquette was when when Nick Gage got mainstream attention so I remember when this match happened, mm. I was working in a newspaper and they covered it because David Arquette basically sliced his neck open. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ne- neck was sliced open by a light tube shot from Nick Gage. And it was very horrific to outsiders of wrestling. And the way I felt about it... So I interviewed David Arquette a couple months ago and we spoke about it this is when David Arquette's documentary You Cannot Kill David Arquette was coming out I would highly recommend that documentary Mm. and I did pose to him the the question of kind of what it was like having that mainstream attention on the death batch because people that don't watch such like wrestling 
don't understand wrestling. Mm. And then it gets even worse when something like this happens yeah. in a death match to see newspapers trying to cover this and just not grasping it uh, at all. And that was one thing I, you know, I, I felt with reading that what happened between David Arquette and, and Nick Gage. You know, death matches are extremely violent. They're extremely gory. There's lots of blood. There's light tubes being used as as weapons. And to your average Joe that doesn't watch wrestling, that probably seems completely barbaric. <laughs> but to us, it's like this thing blew up because David Arquette was involved, and he, you know, admits in the dark side of the ring episode that he was probably in over his head that's probably true I think Nick Gage probably relished the opportunity to get in there with David Arquette a little bit too much uh, you know a guy that does have that mainstream name cachet outside of wrestling so why don't you tell us better a little bit about what happened in this match and kind of what it did to further the folk the folk hero idea of of nick gage and the myth surrounding this match <laughs> yeah like i like this match i remember like i didn't watch this live but i remember getting up the morning after and twitter was just full of gifts of this match and it felt like the biggest news story in wrestling for those 24 hours after it and it's it's nothing new you know you, you asked before about like you know mjf and you know his connection to to, to a nick gage and deathmatch right? obviously um, Nick Gage, MJF is someone who's, you know, worked in a, a CZW before and kind of uh, filled that role. And but John Moxley's done it before, like that that whole idea of like the fish out of water wrestler, you know, who's in there with the deathmatch guy and doesn't know what he's doing. You know, that's happened before with an MJF, with a John, you know, even a Moxley, you know, points when he was in CZW. And I think that's what they were going for with David Arquette, just the idea of yeah, this ex WCW actor guy coming in and, and working at a death match but I don't know if you know like I say you've seen the, the documentary and seen interviews with David Arquette since I think he just really really didn't know exactly what he was getting in for with that thing and yeah it's it's one of those matches where it's it's almost a hard watch because you can see that David Arquette is up for it and he gets in there and he's you know diving around the ring and you know willing to take you know some crazy bumps and some bumps through glass and you know things that you wouldn't expect um, somebody of his stature to go through but i don't think he fully grasped you know how physical it was going to get and you know there's part of me that thinks you know nick gage talks that match up as you know like it's a shoot like he legitimately wanted to kill david arquette and i think only nick gage knows exactly how he felt in in that particular moment but i think the truth of the matter is as nick gage kind of says in dark side of the ring David Arquette panics in the match and you know there's a moment where you can literally see Nick Gage holding a, a broken light tube up to David Arquette's neck in a spot that you'd see in, in most death matches and it's hard to say something is safe in a death match but you know these guys do know what they're doing you know despite the uh, the title behind it and David Arquette just panics and tries to turn around or get away from Nick Gage and that's when the cut happens and that's where things absolutely go a bit nuts because at that point David Arquette's completely out of his out of his comfort zone um, he's not comfortable in there he doesn't trust Nick Gage he doesn't know what to do and the match kind of ends with Nick Gage doing like a, a judo throw of all things in a death match to just hold him down and, and pin David Arquette and it's clearly called an audible and David Arquette immediately stands up and, and walks to the back but I don't know that realism the fact that yeah that felt like a very real finish it felt like yeah David Arquette really was out of his element 
I think actually made the match better than it would have been if they'd have just gone through and finished the match as they planned. It made it more, like you say, Nick Gage is a folk hero, and it made it more of you know like a folk hero story. And it made it you know do the rounds as, as gifs and videos on the internet, and it was like, oh my god, you've you've got to see this. And whether David Arquette enjoyed it or not in the moment, I think it ended up getting the uh, the reaction that maybe they were both hoping for in the end. Yeah, as much as I enjoy watching Nick Gage, I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for David Arquette uh, in this situation because David Arquette has been quite badly treated by wrestling fans and he was so desperate to prove himself and he really <laughs> did. And then he went that step too far of proving himself yeah. to say, I'll do a death match with Nick Gage that he just wasn't ready for. It's just, I don't think it's something that you can really go into um, uh, as a an actor that's had a certain level of wrestling training then mm. at his age to say now nah, I'm going to be a, a deathmatch guy and take this I could see the amount of panic that someone may have in that situation but you were talking there about how it was a fish out of water match and he basically had one this weekend with the former Zack Ryder mm. Matt Cardona a few between these two that seemed to start on Twitter Matt, Car- uh, Matt Cardona Zack Ryder, we all know him. He loves to collect figures. <laughs> he, the character that he, and all respect to him for getting this character over a very Jersey Shore type character, that he was definitely the pioneer of wrestling on YouTube and stuff like that. Never had uh, WWE behind him. Ends up getting released. Now he's out there. He can do whatever he want. And he got into a match with Nick Gage, and it was a really. Uh, great match atmosphere wise Mm. because it was so a situation of Cardona seemed all in on it he really did Mm. and the crowd were so a Nick Gage crowd and here comes this guy he was as obnoxious as possible as he he knew he knew exactly what people thought of him and Mm. totally bought into that I thought their match was extremely fun Uh, Uh, at the weekend I thought that Cardona did a really great job in it he was up for everything he took some (laughs) some some heavy weapon shots he bled profusely I think it's a very good match to watch what we were just saying about David Arquette kind of not not um, fully understanding what he was getting into I think that it if you watch these back to back it shows the the difference it makes just from the level of wrestling experience that Matt Cardona has to yeah. be able to go along with this stuff better than David Arquette even though Cardona is obviously not a deathmatch guy at all he's probably not even had that many hardcore matches but just that kind of uh, wrestling like knowledge kind of qu- quick thinking mm. trust that you can build up he had a, a much better grasp on it than, than David Arquette and Nothing like terrible happened. They just had a really good, fun death match in front of a really hot crowd. Yeah. Cardona won the match. A lot of people threw things. Uncle Dave was not happy. I was going to say, you said nothing terrible happened, but you know, a couple of cans of beer got thrown at the ring, so you know. And, <laughs> and as Uncle Dave will tell you, it probably turned off female viewers as well. <laughs> they don't like that violence, so I've heard that. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the Matt Cardona match, and how has Matt Cardona helped Nick Gage as well, raising his profile too? Yeah, it's interesting because, like I said at the top, it, it feels like Nick Gage week, but it's like Nick Gage year because. Nick Gage is in this position right now, you know, I mentioned him, like, you know, doing these death matches and, you know, having these classics as far as death matches go, whether Ricky Shane Page or, or a Matt Tremont or whoever. 
he's going to be most known for this period because right now Nick Gage is feuding with John Moxley, the former Zack Ryder, and Chris Jericho. Like if you'd have told me that last year, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, and it's kind of interesting all three are kind of taking place at the same time. I mean, maybe in an ideal world, you'd you'd pace them out a little bit, but it kind of tells you, you know, how much cachet is behind Nick Gage right now since that Dark Side of the Ring episode. But no, like uh, Matt, you know, Zack Ryder did. Matt Cardona did an incredible job in that match. Like I think he was the the best part of the match. I mean, the dirty secret about Nick Gage is as much as we all love him and as a you know he's a big ball of charisma. And I, you know, not everyone would agree, but I find him quite lovable <laughs> at times. And you know he's over, and the crowd go go crazy for him. His matches can be hit and miss. You know, I can imagine them not being for everyone. But this, at least for two thirds of it was you know a really good pro wrestling match and a lot of it was yeah Zack Ryder going out there and clearly watching his tapes and and knowing you know how you know in the past again you know an MJF or a Moxley or or similar kind of characters have have made that situation work you know he he was willing to be the coward in the match you know he's literally screaming at points you know he was a complete crimson mask and also back like he was completely caught up you know throughout the match but it was his selling of it you know which is the most basic thing in pro wrestling that got that match over Uh, and you know and he's willing to play into the fact that he's the outsider and Nick Gage is the the real deathmatch wrestler the real hard Hardcore wrestling, and he's just this ex WWE superstar in there, you know, out of his depth. And yeah, he did an incredible job. Um, unfortunately, the match was a, a little bit overbooked towards the end. And but yeah, I think it, it turned into you know a really good match. Um, and yeah, you know, I think Zack Ryder, you know, the, the going with the whole hog with putting him over and you know having that crazy viral reaction after the match with you know all the fans uh, chucking the rubbish in the ring as you mentioned that, uh, that Uncle Dave didn't enjoy it gave us a spectacle and a spectacle is, is what you should expect from a, a special Nick Gage like, match like that so Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho and Dynamite we've talked about these fish out of water matches that seem to be Nick Gage's specialty I wonder how much of this match will be like a fish out of water match just because we have seen Jericho engage in some pretty hardcore matches you know mm. he's done blood and guts uh, a lot of stuff he's on st- stadium stampede and he's someone with an extremely long career that has done all different types of matches all over the world he's great friends with deathmatch Dr. Luther deathmatch legend Dr. Deathmatch Luther, legend, Dr. Luther uh, who I'm sure uh, he's watched some deathmatch tapes with <laughs> and also I think it's interesting that Jericho has brought back the pain maker to do this match (laughs) and that was very much him taking on the pain maker gimmick was a big turning point in in his career when he adopted a different style a brawler style and he was doing more you know verging on hardcore stuff in his matches Mm. so it does make me feel like we are going to be in a less less of a they're less trying to get it over as a fish out of water situation because if you watch the Matt Cardona match he very mm. much came out as Matt Cardona ex Zack Ryder That's you know, true. he wasn't changing himself into like I'm I'm hardcore <laughs> <laughs> hardcore Matt Cardona now. <laughs> but he was very much like yeah I can I can do this being this guy but Jericho has made this decision to don the, the pain maker gimmick mm. to like his alter ego to show that he's getting himself in the mindset to face Nick Gage on the level of Nick Gage. So I'm wondering like what are your expectations as far as how 
Jericho and Gage are going to book this match compared to the, his encounters with uh, David Arquette or Matt Cardona? Yeah, I think I think you know David Arquette is probably the outlier. I think mm-hmm. obviously Nick Gage bossed that match, and you know David Arquette maybe you know yeah panicked a bit and maybe was like I say a little bit out of his depth and it was a different kind of power dynamic I think than you can maybe expect with the Jericho match I think you know I imagine you know Jericho is a man who, who studies and I think he's I would hope he's going to watch that Zack Ryder match because I think that Zack Ryder match is a good indication of how you work a match like that but you know there is a difference here in that you know that was in in GCW in Nick Gage's backyard and this is going to be you know on Dynamite on on TNT um, so things are are a bit different there I would say maybe and maybe you'll disagree a mm. close comparison that I think it will be like will be Eddie Kingston versus Cody mm. because Eddie Kingston came in with his name and what we know Eddie Kingston would do Eddie turned it into a no disqualification match yeah and uh, Cody took a lot, but Eddie took a lot too. And in the end, it was Cody that won. And Eddie yeah. got a lot of his stuff over, but it wasn't maybe as extreme uh, that we've been used to with Kingston when he's in a different environment than in AEW. Yeah, I can see the comparison point because, you know, Eddie Kingston, again, he's someone who I might know or you might know as somebody you know from the indies but yeah. most people watching TNT didn't know who that man was um, and they obviously had that uphill battle because of that and yes you know the, the stylistic difference in working with a Cody with Nick Gage I think obviously you know you've got to turn you know turn that up to 10 you know as far as like the level yeah. of, of hardcore of a, an Eddie Kingston Cody I think the big thing here to be honest is the fact that this match is going to be happening in the shadow of you know, a great main event last week on Dynamite with uh, with Moxley and Lance Archer. You know, and we've seen Joe Gianella tweeting about it, the fact that Nick Gage is going to cut in up with a hundred different ideas of how they can top what happened last week um, and yeah. have a crazier match. And Jericho will have a crazy amount of ideas as well. Oh, definitely. And you know, Jer- Jericho's going to want to prove a point here. Yeah. You know, the fact that yeah, there is that main event last week to compete against. And it's not ideal. You know, in an ideal world, you'd have these two matches, you know, at different points in the calendar. But it is what it is. So yeah, you're right. Jericho's going to be motivated to, to get this thing over and do something different himself but I think the thing about Nick Gage is that's going to be different in his mentality to this match working with a, a big star like a Chris Jericho he's probably not going to expect Chris Jericho to take, be taking a lot of bumps so I would probably expect a Nick Gage to go out there and he's going to want to kill himself to get this thing over mm-hmm. like you know both watched that Dark Side of the Ring episode recently and the end of that episode's kind of like they're all saying you know what's what's Nick Gage's big moment what's like you know the happy ending for Nick Gage I don't think his career gets higher than this I think this is his biggest moment in his career a match with Chris Jericho on AEW on TNT with a million plus viewers he's going to treat it like that and he's going to go out there and he's going to do anything to get this thing over and I'm sure Jericho's going to be up for it too I'm sure Jericho's going to be taking some some crazy bumps as well to get this thing over but yeah I think Nick Gage is going to want to take this thing to the next level and I think the, the question's going to be what he's allowed to do out there really because um, yeah I think this thing could go absolutely crazy on Wednesday night I think for people that don't know much about Nick Gage and they haven't seen much of his matches I think maybe the best thing to say is I absolutely don't expect a five star classic from this at all no. it's going to be a spectacle I think you have to buy into what it is mm. you know it's it's the the other world the idea of Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho that's something that not even I mean you would have ever discussed with people that mm. you know Nick Gage could come into AW and face off with and 
I can imagine that on Wednesday there will be a certain section of people that won't like it. Mm. Be the same people that didn't like the exploding barbed wire death march. You know, <laughs> it'll be those kind of people. Be people that are so completely sanitized by WWE and the the idea of what extreme rules is. It's a pay per view you have once a year mm. where you throw trash cans for no reason <laughs> they'll and sometimes have a go at people's piercings yeah like th- that they just won't accept this being on a completely mainstream show on on T- tnt mm. but i for one i'm so excited to watch it and to see what they do and i just think it's really cool that aw can offer this uh, us this they can offer Nick Gage coming in here, mm. Deathmatch legend, folk hero, been in jail, all of it, coming in to face Chris Jericho, the legendary go mm. Chris Jericho. Like mm. this is, you know, they're not bringing in Nick Gage to to face someone low down in the card. They're giving him Chris Jericho, and I think that's really really cool. Mm. Yeah, definitely. The fact that we live in a world where, you know, you called it before most. You know that that Nick Gage would. Uh, would 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 be the uh, the one that MJF was uh, was talking about when he talked about uh, bringing bringing in a, a killer for Chris Jericho. The fact that this is real, like I have to pinch myself. You know, Nick Gage is going to be on Dynamite um, in a main event, I presume, against Chris Jericho because nothing. I don't think anything on Dynamite this week is going to no. be able to to follow that. And yeah, that's it. You know, you mentioned there. You know, Nick Gage is he's not a great technical wrestler, and you know, it's, uh, you know, star rating wise, you know, obviously I do the grapple podcast. You might, uh, you might not be going five stars on this thing, but yeah, I think spectacle is is absolutely the world. It's going to be you know Nick Gage up for it. It's going to be Chris Jericho up for it, and it's going to be crazy. It's going to be them two just willing to do whatever it takes to get this thing over. So as a Nick Gage fan slash expert, how did you feel about his introduction? on Dynamite, how do you think the presentation of Nick Gage was, especially to people that have not heard of him the way he just came out? Oh no, well, and I, I mean, personally completely lost my mind as soon as he came out, so mm-hmm. I had to kind of recover myself and pick myself up off the floor, like the fact yeah. that Nick Gage just was walking out on, on a Dynamite next to, a, next to an MJF, but that, you know, that aside... I think they did a good job, like that the you know, MJF put him over as you know one of the most dangerous men in the world and listed, you know, a few of his things and the commentary put him over as like, you know, do you, do you know who that is? That's that's Nick Gage, you know. I think there was that side of things. Jericho sold it really well with his with his shock face and, you know, playing it up as like this big character. I think AW could have gone a little bit further with maybe you know, Nick Gage did look a little bit silly coming out with his little pizza cutter. <laughs> I feel like, you know, maybe the fact maybe you can't bring light tubes out on, on TNT, I don't know, or maybe you can't bring other weapons out, but I would have maybe done a bit more of that, or maybe there was a you know, he had an entrance video and I believe they put that together in, in only a matter of hours and you could see some stuff in the background that Nick Gage mm-hmm. did. And I don't know again how much of it you can show on TNT, but I might have went a little bit further with, with showing what Nick Gage, you know, can do and, and showing, you know, some highlight footage of some of his other death matches but that's not to say you can't do this this week coming up in the in the build to the match and early on in the show and to be honest once he gets in there with Chris Jericho I think people are very much gonna gonna know who who Nick Gage is so I think it's all gonna be it's all gonna be fine in the end well especially after they listen to this podcast well there you have it that is an introduction to Nick Gage and go check out some of those matches that we've been talking about especially the one against Matt Cardona I think that's going to be a very nice lead-in to what happens on Wednesday on Dynamite but Benno 
Net Gage expert, Net Gage fan. Thank you so much for joining me and spreading your Net Gage knowledge. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the interweb, uh, on the internet wrestling community? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. On Twitter, at Benson Richie Lee, and you'll be able to see me live on the night, I'm sure. Marking out as Nick Gage walks out for a match on TNT. Uh, still can't believe it in 2021. Anything is possible, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, follow my podcast, uh, Grapple Spotlight. We record that every Monday night where we cover the, uh, the entire world of wrestling um, and also British wrestling experience on postwrestling.com if you want to hear my, my takes on British wrestling. I think that's everything. And don't forget, after you're watching Dynamite, to go on the Grapple app and give your star rating there you go. for Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho because we know the owner of Grapple, Grapple. Gareth. Is Gareth a, will be proud. He's a huge fan of Nick Gage. He, <laughs> <Grapple Garth. laughs> he really, really is. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Benno. Everyone, enjoy Dynamite. It's going to be a very exciting night, a very exciting match. I'm so glad that AEW can bring us these surprises. It's been a week where we've been talking about Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, but the person that we actually physically have here right now is Nick freaking Gage. So <laughs> <laughs> let's enjoy yourselves, and I will catch you next time.